Hi, this is Michael Stuhlbarg here on Film Wax Radio. Hi, everybody. It's Adam Shartoff, your host of Film Wax Radio. It is Friday, June 12th, 2020, and this is episode number 617 of the podcast. And uh, what a great podcast we have. We have uh, two segments. We have the actor, Michael Stuhlbarg. I've been wanting Michael on forever. Like most people, I first came across Michael, or he first came to my attention when he played the lead in The Serious Man, directed by the Coen brothers. I mean, he had been around for a while. I had actually seen him before, but didn't realize it was him because it was such a breakout performance. And since then, Michael has starred in or been in many, many uh, films, including Lincoln, Hitchcock, Blue Jasmine, Pawn Sacrifice, Cutbank, Steve Jobs, Trumbo, Miles Ahead, Arrival, Doctor Strange, Call Me By Your Name, The Shape of Water. Remember that one? The Post. And now he's in Josephine Decker's film, Shirley, which uh, premiered at Sundance and didn't have much of a run since everything kind of shut down after Sundance in the film festival circuit, but you can stream Shirley, which is about Shirley Jackson, and uh, it's sort of a fictional take on on her and her husband. Uh, Shirley is played by Elizabeth Moss. Her husband, Professor Stanley Hyman, is played by Stuhlbarg, and two knockout performances. And it feels very much like a, a Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf. I think it's a bit of an homage, frankly. It's supposed to also feel like a Shirley Jackson story in terms of the psychological horror aspects of this couple and their home. Josephine Decker, I have uh, a lot of fond feelings for her. We were actually in a movie together some years ago called Richard's Wedding, and we had a great time. She's uh, acted in many movies over the years, including several uh, Joe Swanberg films. Uh, she's t- turned her attention to directing uh, about, uh, oh, uh, well, I guess in, in a more full-time manner in about 2013, 2014, with Butter on the Latch, Thou Wast Mild and Lovely, came back with uh, Madeline's Madeline, and, and now she's got Shirley. It's a terrific film. You can stream it on the Film Forum's website, filmforum.org, right now, or after you listen to this podcast. That's the first segment, and uh, I'll be back in a few just to talk about Nina Davenport, the documentary filmmaker. I was uh, talking with her, and we hit it off, and it turned into a podcast. We'll be back after my conversation with the great Michael Stuhlbarg to talk about that in just a few minutes. But first, here is Michael Stuhlbarg, who's in the new movie, Shirley, directed by Josephine Decker, here on Filmwax Radio. To our suffering, my dear. There's not enough scotch in the world for that. <laughs> Shirley, what are you writing now? A little novella. I'm calling none of your goddamn business. <laughs> well, you were invited to stay here for a few days until we could find a place. Shirley has these bouts. She's gone sick in the head. I read your story. What are you doing in here? It made me feel 
thrillingly horrible. Do you know what it's like to have a secret? What are you up to? That girl, what do you think? Trite and a bit trashy, but uh, yeah, give it a go. I'm no thank you. So I don't get to see your face? Uh, I thought this was just an audio. It is, thing, so. it is, but I just, I didn't know. You know, sometimes I, I, what I do is I export the audio, but I just like get to look at somebody. It's a, but whatever you're comfortable doing, Michael, is fine. Cool. Yeah. How are you? I'm okay. I'm now, well. How are you? Good. You can see me though, right? I can't. Thank you. Okay. You can see me. So, all right, because uh, I just want to make sure you know when I'm, I might be joking around or something. Because, <laughs> like I was going to start, for instance, saying, now you play, um, Professor Stanley Hyman in Shirley. And uh, I, I was uh, I, I noticed that you often are cast as Jews. <laughs> 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 why do you suppose that is? I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Uh, uh, it seems like uh, today they should, uh, you know, uh, be more open-minded and, you know, yes. cast, uh, more diverse Jews in the roles of Jews. <laughs> That's very true, right, exactly. Uh, they used to cast only uh, men as Jews Sha oh, yeah. in the Shakes in the Elizabethan you know plays in Shakespeare. Are they, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to move on real quick because that went well, that went painfully awry. First, cool. first of all, I was telling you that I was going about to make a joke, and that's the first error. So, I, I also want to just say that I took it upon myself last night to uh, watch. Uh, Serious Man again. I hadn't seen it in in uh, many years. Oh, great! But in which you play, I guess coincidentally, a, 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 a well, a Jew, of course, but a professor as well. Yeah, yeah. Who also wore glasses. And who wore glasses? But this one, you have the facial hair. But that's, yeah, that's right. otherwise, you're exactly the same. Now this this guy's far more embittered. And um, tell me a tell me a bit about how you came to play the role. Uh, were you familiar with Josephine's films? Um... No, I wasn't. Uh, I didn't know uh, uh, much about Josephine other than she had made, I think, uh, maybe three or four films before that, if not more. I learned that she was a performance artist and that she was an actor as well. Um, and I had met someone who was in her purview who was, uh, had worked with her before, just recently, like that, that winter before we met, mm -hmm. uh, Joe Swanberg. Oh, and sure. so I, I, um, I wrote Joe and asked him a little bit about uh, his experience of working with Joe. But honestly, I went completely, we just went to lunch and we discussed the script after she had sent it to me. And I found it to be um, really interesting. And I had learned that Elizabeth Moss was going to be playing Shirley Jackson. And I thought it would be a wonderful opportunity. And I just jumped in and said, yeah, let's do it. You hadn't worked with her before. No, we knew we'd met a couple of times socially uh, at, at at some uh, occasions uh, in you know business occasions, and she was always very very sweet, and we had a wonderful wonderful time working together. So, what is it like? Because you have a very complicated relationship as actors. I, I you know I, I've worked with Josephine actually before, but not not where she was a director, and you know. Hmm. I wonder how you and Elizabeth arrived at creating this dynamic because it's it's a, it's a complicated marriage to say the least, right? Yeah, indeed, indeed. It's a complicated people. Right, right. Well, I mean, we just kind of dove into the research 
as thoroughly as we could because I thought that we were actually playing the real people. And I soon realized that our story was loosely based on a novel that was a fiction. And so that kind of made what we were doing twice removed from the truth, at least. So we steeped ourselves in who the real people were and just kind of created where it went from there. Plus, you throw in Josephine's sense of uh, a dreamy, poetic, uh, visual vocabulary, and you kind of have this mix of a very verbal script with a very dreamy camera. Uh, and so that made for a really interesting, hopefully, you know, interesting dynamic, uh, which was great fun. Uh, and I think Josephine's experience as an actor, a performance artist, uh, informs, uh, you know, how she works with actors. And she was asking us in a lot of ways to kind of throw ourselves uh, into, I don't know, kind of a, um, a somewhat of a primal, animalistic, you know, what's behind the words, uh, what's going on underneath what it is that they're saying. In some cases, she'd throw exercises at us in terms of, okay, now just get rid of the words and do it without the words and see what happens. Those kinds of things. So it was, uh, it was, it was a challenge in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. If you're pushing yourself or going into areas that are less potentially less comfortable or familiar, that has to be exciting for an actor. Coming from the stage, the way you just discussed figuring out this role, coming from the stage and using this approach that you just described, that had to feel familiar, right? Because as a stage actor, I have to assume you took theater classes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, in some ways it is kind of like going back to school. And that was how I wanted to take it. I mean, there was a big part of what I, what we do that we do alone most of the time. So mm. to have it, even one day to go into a room and just flail about and think differently about how we could approach these things uh, was a very positive element of what I had. One of the things I was after in this experience, which was cracking open the, the, the creation of what we do how to create a character from a number of different ways, uh, physically, uh, 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 spiritually, uh, uh, energy-wise, uh, throwing the language out and seeing what that, how, if at all, it serves us, uh, what can come from those things. And I think Josephine was after more than what was just on the page, and that's kind of where she lives, I think. It's her sweet spot. Not the most commercial <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's, I, I appreciate that about her. She is a, sure. you know, um, I'm sure she could make something far more commercial from the story of Shirley Jackson. One thing I, I, I really liked about the film, and just one of them, was, you know, something that does, did not occur, which often does with, with uh, biopics or, you know, films that try to, take on so much, but this was like almost just like this very specific period between the short story, the lottery, right? Right. And her novel, what was the name of it? Hangs a Man was Hangs what it eventually Man. became. Right. Yeah. So I, I just liked that it was just didn't try to bite up, become this big story, you know, about like a lot of others are. And 
whether or not you knew who Shirley Jackson was or had read, read her is beside the point, you know? Uh, I agree. Yeah. yeah. It was an interesting exploration of a, a window in her, her, her life. Um, excuse me. Uh, and I, I think they kind of threw the timeline out the window, plus other historical facts, like the fact that they had several children that all kind of went away so that we could focus on what this imaginary fictional circumstance could be. What would happen if Shirley Jackson, who had just written this well-known short story, The Lottery, and is agoraphobic and all of a sudden is getting all this attention, which literarily was very positive for her. However, uh, also probably jarred her significantly and how she might go about to inspire her. So it's kind of that. Can you just What's that? Uh, you, I got, it got cut off for a second, I think. I just missed Sorry. The, end of what you just, um, the very end of what you just said. Oh, just what she would do mm-hmm. under these circumstances uh, about um, trying to find something else to inspire her. Uh, what, whatever, uh, whatever else might be out there that might, uh, you know, uh, it might give her a new focus and to pull her out of herself, where I think Stanley was trying to do just that, to help her by getting her attention off of herself, off of her agoraphobia, and on to what might provoke some interest in her and get her mind going again, her creative mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, without playing psychiatrist, she, she, the character comes off somewhat mentally, almost mentally ill, perhaps, you know, Indeed. and it becomes this almost like a horror story where every time you step into that house, you fall into her, 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 her uh, mind or her, her pathology, whatever she's going through, you know? Absolutely. Uh, it's just, I think that was part of the aim. One of the yeah. aims that Josephine had was to take the character of Shirley Jackson and uh, Stanley Hyman, historical people who really lived and throw them into one of Shirley's stories in some ways. Yeah. She was experiencing living through her how, own story. How quickly into reading the screenplay uh, or script rather, did you start making connections to who's a, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Because I thought I was really clever by drawing that comparison. And then I just saw, Oh, it was in, somewhat intentional by this. Absolutely. Well, I think it's kind of inevitable if you, uh, the novel that it's based on, uh, Susan Merrill's novel called Shirley uh, does follow just that premise, which is, uh, you know, uh, East Coast, small town, college, uh, professor and wife uh, host a young couple, a young professor and his new, a new, uh, new bride, and uh, mayhem ensues. Um, uh, and so you take that premise, and I guess we kind of ran with it a little bit. And, uh, you know, in some ways, you celebrate that Virginia Woolf a- aspect of it. Absolutely. As well. Sure. The, the film, Shirley, that we're talking about, uh, which stars Michael Stuhlbarg and Elizabeth Moss, had its world premiere, I believe, at Sundance. Yep. Uh, which was very fortunate, of course, having that imprimatur the DVD that uh, really that pedigree is really nice, of course, to start with like that kind of bang. But also, just circumstantially speaking, what is normally the beginning of a festival season, Sundance is was in this year also the end of it. 
Right. Uh, so it did not get to, uh, I guess, play in too many festivals. Right. So uh, that's right. Um, you you still do a lot of theater, I take it. Um, not as much as I used to, uh, although I did get to do a play this past winter, which was great fun in New York. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson wrote a play about Socrates, uh, which was great fun that I got to do this past winter. But uh, yeah, I, it's still in my life, very much so. Because, I mean, I guess everybody feels pretty bad. It's the, uh, but how concerned are you about theater and, and also film, you know, uh, which, of course, can be streamed into people's homes. Uh, right. but, but the stage is not quite the same, of course. That is true. Um, I'd like to believe that in time, when it is safe, we will all get to re-experience all of that again. I don't really have much doubt about it. It's just going to take longer than all of us thought because we have to be safe and we have to take that into account. It may take quite a long time before everything is is safe but yeah under these circumstances it kind of brings out the the most pragmatic and the most i don't know inventive things in people it's a new restriction so if you're going to make art it's a new condition to make art in um so hopefully it will inspire some people as well as make uh, a lot of us you know uh long for what things were like before however uh, um, this, I, I imagine, will change a lot of us in terms of what we bring into the future, hopefully. Are you um, talking about the PTSD type of thing? Or? <laughs> in some ways, yeah. Remembering, I mean, one of the first things I expressed to some of my colleagues was how much I miss being with each other, you know, simply on location somewhere, working on something, putting our attention together as a group, making something. I miss that, the passion of it all, the fun of it all, the creativity of it all, the, the stimulation of it all. And now we're, we are separate. And uh, it's up to each of us individually to decide what we want to do with this bubble of time uh, besides trying to be safe and healthy uh, so that we can get together again when it's safer. And what do you do in this time where I have to assume you're also, for the most part, probably sheltered in? Yeah, absolutely. I'm in New Orleans right now. Oh, I was, yeah, I was down here. Did you have here a huge May storm today? What's that? Did you have a huge storm, thunderstorm today? There was. There was a big thunderstorm here yeah. earlier today. Absolutely. I, I, was on, I was on a Zoom call with a, a large group of uh, literary types or what have you for some other work. And um, the host was constantly kind of like flinching because um, she was saying there's this, uh, got, you know, epic sized thunderstorm. Maybe it was even worse where she was than you, but <laughs> she, she said it was making, I could hear it, you know, these uh, thunder claps. Yes, it was indeed a torrent. Pleasant in when, it, when it was light, but yes, it was quite torrential. Yeah. So what do you, what do you do? Uh, are you do, or are you doing, are you practicing any kinds of, um, I don't know, uh, or should I say, are you, you taking or doing any practices to keep your artistic? Uh, I'm writing. Uh, I'm writing a lot. I write every day. Uh, that keeps my mind active. I'm hopefully maybe someday it will turn into, you know, something, uh, worth sharing um <laughs> yes. but uh, i've been yeah sort of uh trying to put my 
thoughts uh, uh, down into play or screenplay form. And in the meantime, I um, FaceTime with friends and relatives and I, I write emails to friends and I try to get out and walk and uh, get some exercise to clear my head and my spirit and um, try to, you know, when it seems uh, despairing, uh, sometimes I indulge that and other times I feel like I, uh, I don't need to, uh, you know, it's basically just trying to be patient mm -hmm. and, uh, try to keep my sense of humor and keep going really. Good. Well, I, I appreciate it. You, you know, I, I, I've been doing this podcast for a while, um, quite a few years now, and I, I have like an ongoing list of people, but I, my, my, I guess you could call it my, my a wish list of guests, et cetera. And uh, you've been on that list for a long time. Oh, gosh, thanks. So, yeah, yeah. No, I, I really, I was thrilled to have the opportunity to, even though it, wasn't, uh, it was a relatively brief conversation, uh, hopefully that one day we can do another one. I'd love that. I'd thank love you. it. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Yeah. All right, talk soon. Take care. Very good. Thank you so much. I feel like we're in the Scottish play. On the verge of madness. What will happen? See your secret looks. Freud would have had a field day. I'm counting down from three. Three, two, one. becomes of your dear heroine. What happens to all lost girls? They go mad. Nina Davenport directed a documentary some years ago called First Comes Love. She teaches at Vermont College of Fine Arts. She is the uh, faculty chair this year. Uh, we were talking about uh, what the film schools are going to be like in the fall and we just got to talking and you're going to hear a really fun conversation of two people slowly losing their marbles during the uh, age of COVID-19 and quarantine. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, this is Nina Davenport here on Filmwax Radio. And it's, it's so awesome that we have the option to do that. Yeah. And I just thought, like, it's probably a good idea for me to hide my bed. When was the residency? In a professional capacity. Um, it was April 18th to 25th. Okay, because that was my first line, of course, of question. Since you do a semi-annual residency, um, 
uh, I didn't re I didn't re remember the timing. I was up. I was there for one of them, and it, it was actually still snowing. Oh wait a second! I forgot about that. Were you here? Yes. Now I remember. Did we Did we talk? Uh, I don't know. I wasn't the chair. Laura Colella was the chair. Yes, that's right. But yeah, I remember. Okay, that's so funny. I did not. Oh, so while good five years. Yeah. Five years. Something oh like really? That. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, so right at the beginning, almost at the beginning. I don't, wow, I don't know. Anyway, um, thank you. It's been six years, I think, so far. Maybe it, was, it could have been six years ago. Or six and uh, a half. My kid was a lot smaller, and he was frustrated that it was snowing because, you know, the winter just ended, and we were looking forward to being outside a lot. Oh, he was with you? Yeah, I brought him up. They gave us a house and everything. It was really just unbelievable. That's so cool. Yeah. I think they normally would have been a student housing or something, but or something I don't know something like that. But because of my my bringing my son, there was some sort of issue about you know, I guess insurance wise or whatever legal. Oh legal, right, uh, yeah. Not being, being in that kind of environment, so they uh, put us in, in that in that very nice house. That's so was, cool. Yeah, I had a really nice time, and I ended up yeah I did a podcast episode up there with a few of the guys up there. Uh, oh, wow. Laura. Laura. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. That's so that's awesome. So I hit record more just for reference. You know, Filmmaker Magazine, just, you know, this is not technically on the record per se. I can just, I just want to gather information. So, right. And because I have a relationship, I've actually had a relationship with the, the college over the years. They were a sponsor on the podcast even as recently as uh, 2019, I think. So... Oh, that's cool. Yeah. On, on, which is film, that's film wax, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but you just also do freelance stuff, like for yeah. Filmmaker Magazine? Well, film podcast doesn't really pay that. <laughs> if, I, yeah. if, if I were, if I could get, you know, as, if I could get VCFA on my podcast every episode, then I, maybe I could relax more. Unfortunately, <laughs> that doesn't serve them any better. Uh, rather wouldn't serve their purposes just to do that year round. I don't think. Maybe I'm it would wrong. be great if you could get us on there every time. We'll yeah, take it. I would listen. I think I would was doing that anyway, and I, I kept like the, a banner ad on my website for, for years. I'm a very, oh, that's I'm, nice. I'm a, I'm a big advocate of the the program of the school. It's a. It's turned out. I mean, it's so good. I can't even tell you. Like, I am just yeah. amazed at how good it is. I, I, I could just do my podcast with the faculty. I'd be perfectly happy. Oh. You know, like that's right so now, sweet. Yeah. I I would say, Oh my god, Luis Guzman and um Yeah. He texted me happy Mother's Day in Spanish yesterday. Oh I'm well glad good. you mentioned him. I need to, I didn't respond. I, I, need to no, respond. I, I was gonna email him at his VCFA email and just say, Look, you know, you know, I brought up You could talk to him, would you want to? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay, um, can I, I'll text, give me your cell and I'll text you two together. That's the best way to get him. Oh, sure, sure. I'll put it in the chat here. Wait, you have, I texted you just before. Yeah, okay, um, wait. So you All have, right. yeah, do you, if you want, I can. Okay. Uh, I don't know, do, are you, I guess you want to give me your cell phone. <laughs> just have everybody's cell phone. I have like the um, Rolodex. So, um, so, yeah, so what it is, let me just tell you very yeah. briefly. So Filmmaker Magazine every summer has a film school edition. And it's, you know, the heart of it is 
it's like a little catalog essentially it's like you know you know it's it just tells people a certain number of little factoids you know about each school uh, that they they include and it's uh how many i'm guessing around 30 schools or yeah something. the vcfa has been involved or included i should say for the last you know couple of times they've done it this is this is i think the third one now we're doing our fourth um, as I've just been brought in for the first time to kind of edit it. And of course, a big component, this particular issue is going to be what is film school going to look like yeah. <laughs> in the near future? So a lot of schools <laughs> are formulating that, although since it happened during the spring semester, you know, some schools actually have some ideas um, how to make it work because they had to put it in practice pretty immediately. So that, that's what I'm, so I'm just really trying to get the plan and you're texting Luis and myself. <laughs> no, I just, my, my baby daddy is a Trader Joe and I'm trying to, oh. and he's got the antibody. So I'm trying to get as <laughs> to get as many groceries as I can. Where are you right now? Yeah. I'm actually in Queens. Uh, I, my, I, I, I'm here for, uh, another, couple of months at the most I have to clear out uh it's actually not my apartment it was my father my father where are you gonna go the plan is to go to Los Angeles for a few months through the summer if, if everything lines up because um I, I and honestly um, my 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 kid who lives with me here is going there in a few days and my plan is to try to t find out from his mother who's in LA right now but she's planning on coming back in the fall I'm gonna try to talk her maybe talk her out of that. It won't go over well with my kid, but I'm just not sure why we'd want to be in New York City for round two of this. Yeah. Given a choice. Given uh, a choice you know? Yeah. Um, I'm in a pretty down mood about the whole thing right now. Yeah, I'm sorry. To, I know. It kind of comes and goes, like, but yeah. today is a bad day. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know it's very true. The anxiety it brings up is, um, it's, it's unfortunate. Are you in New York City right now? Yeah, in Brooklyn. Okay, yeah. It's just like the stories of all the misery out there. I just, it just gets, it gets to you sometimes, you know? Yeah. Well, it would be a lot easier if we had, you know, leadership. Right. Well, then we have good leadership. Any, any leadership. I mean, we have local leadership. But yeah, it does make it really demoralizing. It does, yeah. I think it would be a lot. not have, you know, I mean, just the whole thing is just, it's terrible. It's so bad. Um, right. So and we'll homeschooling we'll is a nightmare. Are you doing that? Yeah. Well, my, I, I think my kid might be older than yours, though. It gets a little easier when they're older. Mine is 11. Yeah, it's still hard at 11. My kid is turning 16 in a few days. I mean, like, if I don't force him stand there, like, I mean, I have to stand. I mean, it's just nothing. Where happens. did you go to school? Um, in Borum Hill, it's called the Borum Hill School. It's just like a public middle school. Okay. Yeah, my um, son goes to Brooklyn High School of the Arts, which is a few blocks away, and um, my his half sister, who is not my daughter, goes to a school in Borum Hill as well. She goes to. Uh, PS 369, is it? 269, 369, it's on Pacific. Oh, 261? Is it How old? On, uh, between Smith and Bond, I guess, is the next block. Uh, on it's either 38 or 261. Maybe 261. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> they have a school what's year. What's her name? Kidding. What? What's her name? Lena. And how old is she? Um, she is exactly. She's turning eleven in September, I think. No, twelve. 11 in September, so she's 10, I think, yeah. Huh, okay. Anyway, her dad lives, you know, in um, Prospect Heights. So it's a very complicated situation right now in terms of where, where... so I'm in a transitional area. My, my dad just passed away. I have both my parents to worry about here, and um, my mom is, I can't even see her. She's uh, in a nursing home. She's very advanced dementia. And uh, I, I, I don't know when the day will come when they let us back in, because that's the last, that's the most vulnerable of all the communities. Or No, it's the worst. It's the elderly in these nursing homes. So it's not even my mother that is the issue. It's just going in, they're, I, bringing anybody if they're not, uh, I don't it's know. A it's a nightmare. People it's, come in and be, you know, where there's so many old people that are so already. So sad. So I. How there, did your dad die? He didn't die of COVID, did he? No, but he had it. He had it. My both my parents got it. And really? Yeah, my mom kicked its ass. Uh, right away, she she managed to. Uh, uh, both your parents? What the fuck? Well, they're both in uh, nursing homes at the time, separate ones. Right. My dad was supposedly in rehab, you know, but he wasn't. So he did not die of it, but he died of something. What did he die of? He died of, he had a number of problems. He was in septic shock. He was, had a, uh, been going through a number of uh, bacterial infections. So it, while it may have contributed to his demise, it wasn't real. I don't, I think he would have died anyway even without it. Right, okay, that helps. But, but that also means you couldn't be with him though, right? Well, yeah, the first night he was hospitalized, they didn't expect him to make it through the night. They invited me to the hospital to see him, which is in, was in Manhasset, Long Island. And so I actually did end up going. And then he lived another four or five days, actually. But he wasn't conscious when I was with him. So, uh, you know, it's like a, just a sad, sad But sport. did you get it? No. I mean, I don't think so. Right. My son and I have been completely asymptomatic and, and almost entirely quarantined for the last uh, seven seven weeks. So uh, yeah. we have had no, absolutely no symptoms or anything. I'm very, very I've been extremely cautious. Um, and he's isolated quite well for, for a 16 year old, you know. Yeah. Oh so God. this one goes to LA, so he'll have hard. Backyard, he'll have, you know, He's not an outdoorsy kid typically, but he he will uh, at least in LA he'll he'll be able to sit outside if he wants. You know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So it's, that's the whole situation right now. You have one child. Yeah. What's their name? Jasper. 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 Oh, Jasper. He's playing the piano right now. Oh, I that's thought he was nice truck. Um, and I have a baby daddy, a gay baby daddy who gave me his sperm, and oh. I made a film about it on HBO called First Come to Love. Is there more than one innuendo in that title, or? Um, I don't know, anyway. There is a lot of innuendo. Um, and- When did that come out? Don't remind me, 2013. All right. 
Hey, look. And he had COVID and I took care of him for 17 days. He was in Jasper's bedroom, locked in there. Oh my God. Yeah. It was he, obviously, but that, that's but he wasn't needed to be hospitalized. No, it was, it was long and brutal, but that did not happen. Oy. I looked at a, at a house yesterday and the realtor had had it and her sister had had it. I just talked to my friend Jimmy who had it, his mom had it, his stepfather died of it, his daughter has the antibodies. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't understand how these viruses manage to spread so fast. Like, I just can't even get that through my they're, head. They're somehow. viral. They're viral. <laughs> I, but how? Like, how do they do it? I mean, I just don't understand. It's and like... Supposedly, it's like, you know, you have to be, like, in close proximity over a period of time. That's the way the majority of people are getting it. It's not... The very, very few people, if any, have gotten it because they touched a doorknob. Although, you know, it's possible, conceivable, you touch a doorknob, but you touch your face. But most, most people, the way it's been spreading is, they say, is mostly through a prolonged or, you know, substantial amount of close interaction with somebody like right a, and yet here comes the subway the subway yeah, this is my the co-star of my life the he's not the co-star sorry he's the star i'm just yeah. the co-star jasper are you gonna go for a swim behind you <laughs> yes wouldn't that be nice all right now do now do readings Mommy, let me take a break no no oh my god everything is a break what is, I mean, what is next he's gonna be taking a break from a break what piece was he practicing, though? Um, what were you playing, sweetie? A bunch of stuff. Okay, do you have to write in the notebook? Mama. And you have to start reading. Mommy. You have to do your reading. You can keep delaying if you want, then we won't do no, that fun not, tonight. Not the writing in the notebook, just. You have to do both. I don't have to do both. It's my candle, not yours. Well, it sounds like you know, 16, my kid is so willful and so combative. No, it's. His mother calls me like yelling at me because my son did almost nothing for Mother's Day. He's like, you know, I'm just tired of it. Like his mom turned 50 a few weeks ago and I had to end up doing it all because he just is, just won't get his act together around it. You know, um, yet he- so You had to buy something for your ex-wife. That must have hurt. <laughs> oh, no, well, she does that for me. Just you know, kidding. and uh, yeah, it's, I couldn't just get her a card. You know, I had to buy it. Mean, I'm confused. How is she, her, her, the father is in Prospect Heights, but she's in LA. Like, she's I don't know. not married to the second one either. Wait, was she married to you? Yes. Oh. So she married it, to me. We divorced in 2000. And, uh, well, we split up in 2006. And then she ended up with another guy a few years later, had another child about five years after my son. Uh, then... They didn't last for, you know, they lasted a couple of years or so. And then she, but she never married that guy. Okay. What's wrong with her? She's an actor. Famous? Uh, Sorry. Yes and no. Yes. Among, she's done Broadway. She's on a TV series. So, um, do you hate her? <laughs> I have no hate in my heart. Do you? <laughs> I only hate Hitler. No, honestly, do you have resentment or no? No, I don't have any about about a failed marriage. Yeah, it's a waste of time. But does that bother you? The wasted time? 
Uh, no, no, it doesn't bother me. Uh, I mean, um, I have I have some regrets, I guess, but I mean, I don't I don't uh, dwell on. I try not to dwell too much on it. So, yeah, no. Uh, and you know, I've I moved on. I lived with another woman uh, after that, and um, and then I really I was really in love with somebody else after that. So it's not. Um, and then what happened? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the problem, I guess. Maybe I'm, You're gonna have to delete this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, right. This is a pod, your podcast. Uh, episode, episode one. I'm interviewing you. It's true. And, yeah. Um, no, but some of my middle-aged men. It's uh, <laughs> see, this it's is some of my questions. All documentary filmmakers should do podcasts because, but really low. Uh, what's concept? podcasts like in other words like an interview show is so easy to do because i don't have to script it i don't have to do fancy production values i can do it out of my apartment i'm zooming with people like listen this. i try i and started of a, a quick accomplishment and finish i know like all you don't have to feel bad that it's taking years to get another project off the ground and then years to get it you know done i mean it, it's just the life of a documentary filmmaker you know unless don't even Okay, you're rubbing salt in the wound, Adam. I know. <laughs> Doug Block and, and Alan Berliner and Barbara Cox, all these people that are, uh, you know, have deals with HBO and whatever. They're, they don't, you know, oh, Barbara Cox is not a good example because she, she's just probably in the space of this phone, of the Zoom call, she probably made two documentaries. But um, it's brutal. I started a podcast with a friend. Um, we have a lot of really good stuff and we pitch it to audible and then it's just so complicated oh, and you're wacky. doing it more yeah you're doing it like taking it see when i started my podcast it was too hard i should have picked some an easier topic oh but see my, when i started my podcast there wasn't really a it wasn't a thing yet so i see you know it was i i started it was actually an inter, internet radio show and uh, so there were podcasts, there were very few. I had a hard time finding somebody to give me some like support about like just feedback about how to, you know, get certain technical things done. Like nobody knew, you know, I had to go through people, finally found somebody who did a podcast. Now I could literally walk out my front door here to my neighbor and I'll probably interrupt them doing their podcast. So, <laughs> You know, so it's very easy now. Everybody knows how to do it. Uh, literally, everybody's going to talk about it. everybody. It's become, you know, I'm putting jewelry on Adam while we talk. I just thought I might as well beautify. <laughs> it, can't, it can't hurt. Okay. So, do you have another? So, do you have another uh, rather documentary concept or in? No, uh, no. I'm I'm incredibly depressed about the whole thing. Because I always, you, could be the you know, coronavirus. I mean, I was always making a film before, but then after having, being a single parent, I just, I just haven't been able to do it psychologically. So. I'm just too worn out all the time. And baby daddy's not. He's so he, you know, just helped me. Like, I mean, it's all in first comes love in my film. Um, Did you see that? But, um, but basically, you know, he does help some, 
but like I save him kind of for emergencies. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he actually helped me a lot recently. It was a big deal and I was just starting to feel like, oh, maybe I can do something again when this all happened because my son was in the Broadway tour of Les Miserables. He was, he was Gavroche. Um, and so we were on tour for six months. Your son was in the touring company of Les Mis? Yeah. And uh, so baby daddy filled in for me for some of the tour because I got a job. I developed this TV show in Austin. I'm not getting credit for developing, but that I did in fact develop for Rick Linklater. And um, so I was like actually working and he was take help taking over for me. And I was like, oh my God, maybe we can do more of this now and I can start making a film. And then this fucking pandemic from hell started. I know, well, I was about to start a, uh, my first short film ever I was gonna direct. Really? Mm -hmm. Well, I can still do it. I'm just don't give up. Don't give up. No, no, there's no reason to. I have act. You know, I mean, it, you know, even if I go to LA, I, I could just do it there, I suppose. But I, I have one of my sources of for money is here, so I really have to do it here. Like he's so yeah, like the guy's giving me a lot of the seed money is um, he's in the film, so I can't not do it. That you know, I have to have him in right. There. So I would have to come back and do the film when it's you know, yeah. Anyway, woo. Yeah, so I don't know that, I, so since I have this opportunity to leave New York, I may for this, at least for a while, so we'll see what happens. Just, just, I mean, I, I was, I don't think I could do another scene here. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I, I, I mean, I'm actually, part of why I'm in a bad mood today is that, oh, wow, it's gorgeous out, um, is that I was thinking like, all right, I'll just go to France, fuck this, I'll go to France, because Jasper's learning French, and I speak French. But then my friend, who's a professor at Yale, said that they have this exchange with the École Normale and that the Fran France called him like yesterday and was like, it's canceled. We're not sending anyone. So he thinks that there's no way I could go. Mm. So I'm like, I can't. You know, with no outdoor space. Like right now I'm looking at my my downstairs neighbor's beautiful garden but guess what i can't go there because i don't have a fucking garden okay i have nothing yeah no no i understand <laughs> yeah so um and then the other thing is like jasper's only been in school for one month the whole year because of les mis and then he was back in school finally for a month and then covid mm -hmm. so i mean he supposedly was worst had you know tutoring on and late miz and supposedly has school now but it's like i don't know if he has i mean i have no idea what's going on i cannot figure it out it's so complicated and disorganized that i i just have given up and i just make him do certain things that i decide he should do and i just don't even whatever the fuck is going on at school if anything i just ignore i can't handle it anymore Diddly <laughs> piano 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 french and reading i at least make sure that happens every day very, very old school sounds like my childhood um yeah i am sort of recreating the whole like take a lesson and everything thing of my childhood that's good because jacob just 
he's in his room gaming when he's not doing his schoolwork. All he does is gaming and or he's on his phone with his friends. And there's no other value add. Hobby. But does that freak you out? No. Why not? It's temporary. Okay. See, I think if it weren't for Jasper having this Broadway thing, mm -hmm. I would be like freaking it, the fuck out. Well, this Broadway thing, it's kind of big deal. Well, he didn't act, he hasn't actually gotten on Broadway. He almost got cast in The Music Man and he, it was down to three and he didn't get it. Was he aware of that? Yes. Was that a disappointment to him? Big disappointment? Basically, when he doesn't get someone something, he just screams a bunch of four-letter words, and then he's over it. Does he know how childish that is? <laughs> does he know the president does that? So, um, it is not taking a... It's all... It's definitely good for him. It's not bad for him so far. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Uh, so, what is the... So, what was the... Um, the uh, residency. Uh, what? How did? How did these? What did they end up doing? Well, so it was a huge. So I basically organized the whole thing. Sure. I mean, there is a program director also at VCFA. Who's that? Um, but she's going to be replaced. Okay. So I, I don't know who it's going to be, mm -hmm. but so. And then someone had just left before that. So I kind of had to do everything, but also in conjunction with Laura, because she was giving me advice because I'd never been the chair before. Sure. So it was all Zoom and it was packed. I packed a schedule with a ton of amazing guests because I just thought like, I wanted to compensate for the fact that they weren't getting the kind of in-person fun of Vermont. Yeah. And I also wanted to, lure people who maybe I couldn't get under normal circumstances because they might not be willing to come to Vermont. Mm -hmm. So they, right. we normally we have an open opening night party. So instead of an opening night party, I decided we should have an opening night film. And so I had Hampton Fancher who wrote Blade Runner. I don't know who he is. Um, so he's a friend oh, of a friend's. So it was easy really? to get to him. That's another guy I've been trying to, I was trying to reach out to. Oh, okay. I can, I can put you in touch with him. Um, You're the gal. Cause um, <laughs> he, you know, there was a documentary about him as well. That what's uh, yeah. name? Uh, Michael Almereda. Yeah. Michael he Almereda. came to BCFA also, by the way. Oh yeah. Michael. I went to him in, in the West village or rather the East village all the time. Me uh, too. I used to see that guy everywhere. Yeah. But I, I didn't know who he was. But I knew well, his face. Apparently during the New York Film Festival press screenings. Um, so he, so anyway, so Hampton did a Q&A after the opening night film. And of course, Blade Runner was a great film to show right now. <laughs> um, and we also had Darren Aronofsky sure. show Pi. He's another person I know because we were in film school. The lead school. actor did my show. Uh, you mean Sean? Yes. Sean Gillette? Oh, cool. I, I had Sean Zoom bomb Darren. Oh, that's funny. Because um, I went to college with them, and Darren and I did film the same year at Harvard. So, yeah. Um, but I didn't think he'd come to Vermont, but I thought he would do this. And he graciously said yes. 
So we showed Pi, and also because I want to start having directors show their first films. Not that yeah, Pi is the first film, but yeah, I there just was a think... terrible festival. I should, I have to, I have to. I keep thinking we're podcasting this, which, by the way, we should because it's been a lot of entertaining things. But I don't know how you <laughs> feel about that. But um, especially the part about your personal life. Oh, I yes, do okay. say so myself. Do you know who I? The table was turned for sure the other day. I had on. Um, the documentary, well, he's, it's, I guess, nonfiction filmmaker, Mark Cousins. I know that name. Yeah, you do. The Odyssey, the, the, the history of cinema. He does all those, and he's- Oh, the, right, right, right. It's got the a, story of film. Yeah. The voice, the mesmerizing yeah. voice. <laughs> the guy. I fell in love he, with his voice. He actually talks like that in real life, I've heard. He does, indeed. And then- How? And then there's this shot of this, of this child who's staring off into the sky. It's as though she's reached through the camera and she, I mean, it's, it's like he does. Yeah. Then he turned, we were talking for like 45 minutes and then he just starts asking about me. And um, I, it, I'm not uncomfortable doing that with somebody I know, but with somebody I don't know who I've also kind of built into this, I kind of had a crush on it because <laughs> of that voice, you know? The truth comes out. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, his voice, I just, and, and I watched like four or five more of his films, you know, uh, in, in anticipation of his, because I, I try to do as much homework as I can. I'm getting Alison Anders on tomorrow. Wait. Wait. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Okay. I'm blowing your mind. I just watched two Andrea Arnold films. Oh, no, no. Andrea and did. I, get, I know. It's not, she's the, what do you call it? Gas, whatever. Gas food food person. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, Border Radio, uh, uh, and my favorite, Grace of My Heart. And then, um, yeah, no, but our Andrea Arnold, I did talk to years ago with Wuthering Heights. Oh, should I see that? No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm, it's an, it's an, it's an audio. I get it. I, I figured that out. I know, but yeah, uh, no. I it's actually a, watched it's a, all of them. A very artsy film. Uh, where Fishbowl? What was it called? I can't remember. Anyway, um, I've only seen. I just saw American Honey by mistake because I was trying to watch Honey Land, but I couldn't remember oh. what Honey Land was called. And then I thought, but meanwhile, I had just watched her short Wasp. And while I was watching American, I mean, American Honey, I was like, I feel like this filmmaker has ripped off the filmmaker who made Wasp. And then at the end, I realized it was the same filmmaker. And coincidentally, I watched the two films in the same day, even though I was not even trying to watch that film. It was very strange. Well, it's a sloppy. It's kind of a, uh, interesting how it did as well as it did, I thought, you know, that film. It, well, I, it reminded me of Kids, which... Which people loved, but I hated. Which one? It reminded me a little bit of Kids. Yeah, sure. Which people I, loved I, and I despised. Yeah. Coming back to the, uh, once again, to residency, that yeah. everything was done. You packed it with famous filmmakers and... And, and we had Tamara Jenkins, who showed Private Life and one of, and her shorts. Or what, she might have just shown one of her shorts, Family Remains. Tamara Jenkins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, her short, first two short films are so good. 
I mean, okay, I absolutely it. love them. Okay, yeah. Again, and Catherine no, Hahn Zoom bombed. Thank you very much. What? Catherine Hahn Zoom bombed us. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm speaking of having a crush. That's understandable. I mean, very, um, very funny person. And we had Terrence Nance is founding faculty. You yep, probably met him. Yeah, he's done the podcast a few times. But he's been in LA kind of blowing up, although he had a project fall apart. But so he, we had him come in from LA to talk about random acts of flyness. Um, and also to show a short that he had made. Um, and let's see, we had Allison McLean, who did the, re the rehearsal and her, her first short kitchen sink is totally brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Like, yep. Amazing. Kitchen sink, you gotta watch it. I will, um, I, I'm really grateful for all these recommendations. And we have a new faculty member named Janixa Bravo. So she showed Lemon. Oh yeah, no, she did my podcast with Lemon. Okay, and Brett came Zoom bombed. Count Brett Gelman. Um, because they're still friends and work together. Oh, they were a couple then. They were married, yeah. Oh, okay, but they right. still do stuff together. Oh, but they're um, not like okay. I didn't realize they. Oh, were. and we had the American Factory people, Julia and Steve, sure, sure. were the cutest. Everyone fell in love with them. Yeah, I've been, I was chasing after them for the longest time. I mean, I'm not really worried about it anymore. And Jeffrey did, Jeffrey Riker did my show and I, with Freya some years ago. Um, I'm kind of connected to everybody there. You know, Josephine Decker and I did a film together. Oh, cool. What, which one? Wedding, a long time ago. Okay. I haven't seen it. I'm not I an actor, but I, but I was, I had a, I acted in this film. And then, um, so. Writing that yeah. down. That's um, probably on iTunes, but I don't know if you'll like it. She, she just had a baby, so. Oh, she I, did? Yeah, she oh. and Malik, who also taught. Right, yeah, no, I know him, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it was, uh, I didn't realize that they were expecting a baby. Oh, wow, that's great. Um. And then, do you know about Adrian Weiss, who does these workshops on directing actors? No. So we had, we had her. We also had um, the casting director and cinematographer of the Wayne Wang movie, Coming Home Again, which isn't out yet. Oh, he's coming um, back with the film. So Heidi Levitt was the casting director. She talked to talk about casting. And then Rich Wong, who shot this TV show I worked on in Austin. Uh -huh. Talked about the cinematography. Right. Um, well, now that you're on the podcast, and, you're going to get credit for that Linklater project. You and then... Backlash against <laughs> Linklater. Also because he's never done my podcast, so, but I'm not asking you for that connection. Um, I, 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 if you can get me, if you can do this, Luis... Do I, I can't help you with Linklater because the no, guy... I don't, want, I, don't want, I don't want him on the show. I mean, and I it's not that, his fault that I didn't get any credit. It's it's someone else's fault. Well, yes, people do those unpleasant. I mean, he could have done something, but no, I know. But he's not the person who directly hired me, so. I understand. Um, uh, but you get if you didn't do Hampton, Luis Guzman. What did we say? Anybody else? So Luis is was on our faculty last semester. Mm -hmm. Um, and he because he lives in Montpelier. 
Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. So we found him. Not to be racist, but like, what is he doing? It's not what you would expect. A guy from the Lower East Side. Right. Um, I remember it from Variety. He just loves it. He loves Vermont. It's the cutest thing. Yeah, I know. I love it, too. And we had Guy Madden on the faculty last semester, too. I know about that, yeah. Oh, my God. Love that guy. He's hysterical. He is hysterical. Riest of all Canadians. Love him. Yeah. Love, love, love. I know. um, I've met him, and he did the podcast. I'm very close friends with Michelle Negroponte, and oh. um, and he was telling me how he helped get Guy that position, that he helped maneuver, th- helped him, which was great. I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah, I, I recommended Michelle. Side connections, all you know, my tentacles. Yeah. Are, you know. How do you know Michelle? Um, it's, well, first of all, he's a regular on my podcast, <laughs> although he hasn't. Has it been on in a while? Yeah, he was on recently. With we went up to Camden last fall for his. You know, he premiered his new documentary up there. Yeah, yeah, I've seen and, it. And you know, who did his Q and A. Who? His mentor, Ross McElwee. Oh, they're not. He's not. Ross is not his mentor. He's his colleague. They well, that feels great. No, it's just my, that Ross is, is more famous. What was the maestro say? They are contemporaries, but the Ross maestro. is more famous. Um, is, did Daddy just arrive? No? Okay. Let me take a break. And- um, sweetie, no. No more breaks. <laughs> Go. No, you're break- taking breaks Mommy, from breaks from breaks. I, I just mean, did like- you don't need to take a break from reading. Reading is a break. I finished reading. Then go read more, okay? What? I'm in the I middle finished of- reading. All right. Hey, music man. No, he didn't get it. You got to call him Gavroche. I know, but I was going to say that uh, maybe it'll be a little bit of a, you know, what's the word? Uh, when you have a, at least a good one good outcome of something is um, that he, he's on the podcast. If once you green light. Good point. This is him as Gavroche, a drawing that someone did. Can you see oh my it? Gosh. Yeah, it's a good likeness. Um, sweetie, go. You have to do. I French. finished reading. I need you for French, or I need the computer. Okay. All right. Well, then you have to keep reading. We'll be done in a couple of minutes. Computer. You no, sweetie. No. I'm not reading more. Okay. Well, now you're not going to get Fortnite this yeah, weekend. Sure. Right now, I'm in a very professional meeting. Right now. Professional. And you are interrupting it. This guy. My entire future so rides on time. what Adam thinks of me. Okay. Well, my feelings are very positive because you. You have a precocious, talented child like that. Um, so, wait, so Michelle... Wow. there are the most ominous freaking cloud going over... I know, I know, I kind of love it. No, I, wait, this is, is it so big that it's also over your neighborhood? No, I, no, actually right now it's sort of normal, but earlier it, looks, it was. Let me see. It looks like, um, I don't know if you can see... Ooh, I love that. Gray massive cloud is like going right over. It's almost okay. Perfect. That summarizes the whole state of affairs we're in right now. Yeah, but the apartment just is getting really dark. So, um, no, but I just need you to understand that Ross is not Michelle's mentor. I know, no, okay, but he did the Q and A, and it was lovely. And Michelle, and, but I knew Michelle. We drove. It was insane that we drove up to Camden from New York. It's it's like a day long drive, uh, and then back a few days later. It was like, oh my god! Did he rag? Was he? Did he mention me? He might have been. 
He may have, yeah. We talked a lot about did he, we did the did podcast he say in bad the things. He hate, we did the podcast in the vehicle, so you can hear it. That's the kind of thing I do, you know. Oh, that's cool. You can listen to it. But you know, we were talking about Guy and a few other things, yeah. But I've known Michelle for a number of years and I I guess I don't really you know, I meet people, they just strike me. I, I feel like I need to know know them a little, you know, so the podcast is a perfect vehicle for that. Because no, really, you're very lucky. You know, I really so Ross, I worked for, for ITA for Ross and I worked on six o'clock news as an as an assistant editor. Wow. So I know Ross well. Uh, you know, again, he did he did again when he did that one about his son some years ago, I had him on the podcast and uh, I've been doing it for a long time, you know, almost ten years now. So it's that's why I keep saying so and so is on and so and so is on. But you know, over time I like to get everybody I've ever wanted to get on. And I like trying to get Allison Anders on for a long time and she finally agreed. And uh, I wanted, like I say, certain people like Fancher Hampton, I've really wanted on for a long time, you know, and it's, it's, it would be so neat to get them. And uh, Luis even also, I have a list of people. I'm telling you, they're both on that list. Oh my God. As are you. You just want me as a chair, not as a filmmaker. <laughs> See, therein exactly lies the rub. Why well, I gotta get back well in the saddle well, making films. Oh well, you'll. I will. I support that idea. Yeah, I need to. So, so the did, so it sounds like because you lined up all these luminaries on the uh, Zoom residency that it went off well. Because uh, honestly, they loved it. They had to throw it together. I mean, I'm still getting students emailing me, thanking me and saying they feel so inspired. And yes, you know, it was also, we created a vibe of just, you know, like a good community supportive vibe. Yes. So I think it, it just felt like this incredible antidote to just the horror right. outside. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a lot more. It's been a couple of weeks, so it's, it's uh, well, or a week or so, right? No, two weeks since then. Since yeah, even, and we still, and, and like we still did our sweet graduation ceremony. And, nice. And so I, I use that to, the, to our advantage as well. It's like um, a couple graduates popped in. One made a short little film that I played, um, kind of where she had been rereading the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. And she talked about the parts of that that she thought were helpful and but like with cute animations and it was adorable. Um, and we had a, a really amazing group of graduating students. One of our students who just graduated was Alec Hopkin who made um, Cunningham. The, the 3D film oh. about Merce Cunningham. That oh, was at the New York right, Film right. Festival. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she graduated. And we had Damon Davis graduate, who was one of the, was a co-director on Whose Streets uh -huh. about Ferguson. Right, I saw, um, I saw that, yeah. And he's super talented. And I mean, it was just like, it was amazing. Um, I have to say, I was pretty proud of myself, if you must know. The, so you, now you actually don't need to do anything because the next residency wouldn't be until the end of October. the year. Yeah, it's or always, October. yeah, last week in October, last week in April. Okay, so it's not that far off. So so what is the, is the plan to do another similar, that maybe I mean, more prepared? 
because you have more time to do. Well, you know, I, they're not committing to whether it's residential or virtual right now. Okay. Um, right. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think, I, I think that they can afford to kind of play it a little more by ear than other institutions. Definitely. No, sweetie. Because they're not doing. Daddy just walked in. Mommy, if you want me to do if, Are you going to really do French? Jasper. Oh, don't. Adam has something to say to you. Uh, yeah. What? Ça va, monsieur. Ça va. Bien, et toi? <laughs> merci bien, merci bien. Merci bien. I get a break. Uh, Scramola. I just heard Scramola. That's not French, Adam. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're wrong. <laughs> hey, my kid won't, has been taking French for years. He will not say anything to me in French. I mean, it's that kind of, I don't know. He doesn't like it. I speak, you know, I can speak just enough French, as you heard, Scramola, just to get myself into trouble. I just had on this French filmmaker he he's always done like the making up type of documentary but he's making a lot of money because he works for steven spielberg but he just did that natalie wood documentary on hbo his name is Laurent Bougereau. and he, okay. it's very funny the opening part of the episode because uh, he is he talks you know he's uh he's the whole thing about you know the american version of his name and everything else it was kind of funny he was a funny guest so Okay. So, Adam, when okay. do you think you're going to leave? Uh, it would be July. I, I have to close down this apartment, get rid of everything, figure out what I'm doing with everything. It's a, a, it's a nightmare. It's filled with, uh, you know, furniture and uh, my dad, my mother's things, and I have to figure out what I'm going to do with everything. I don't want to get a storage room, but I, I don't know that I'll have a choice. I might have to just break down and do that for a couple of months or a few months. But you know how that always turns into then. Um, yeah. renting an apartment for your things. No, I, I don't want to do it, but I don't know. I, know. I, 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 do need a, it. I may need a storage space. I have stuff in New Jersey. I did too. A lot of stuff. Yeah. But even that isn't cheap anymore. I know. I know. Where in New Jersey is it? It's far. Don't say Hazlitt. I don't know where the hell it is. I've never seen it. I had, everything was just taken from my parents' house in Michigan. I see, oh, Michigan. Right there, antiques, rugs, all this shit. It's like still psychologically like weighs on me. Yeah, no, I know. It's uh, just, yeah, it's no way to live. It's like, A, I'm paying for it, B, I don't even know if like it's been infested with vermin or like what the fuck state it's no, I'm in. Sure, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> But everything goes too nice to just throw out. Like it's expensive, nice stuff. So I can't just get rid of. Like I'm stuck. I have to contend with it. Yeah. And yet I have no place to put it because maybe you don't mind if I put my stuff in there though. Is that what you're saying? You don't. (laughs) I would love to share the the burden and the cost. Believe me. No, no, I know. Look, I'm going to show you how small my apartment is. See, you're going to see, that's my bed. That's a beautiful bed, though. Right? Now, if I had a bigger apartment, I wouldn't need to be zooming people with my bed behind me, would I? <laughs> no. And here's but my... I have very nice sheets and some nice artwork on the walls, you know? See, my friend Gina did that vine on the wall. See that vine? 
Yeah, I like that. Yeah, she does stuff on Mylar. Oh my God, <laughs> what the hell? That is totally weird. The virtual background thing, that was, people were going kind of crazy with that I in the residency. Mm -hmm. And it was very funny. What'd you say? This is the, when I was a kid, my summer camp. This was uh, the barn at my summer camp when I was a kid. What camp was it? It's called Camp Thoreau. Where? Right outside of New Paltz, New York, in a town called Walcott, which was going to be the original location for Woodstock. But the, the people in the town got a, a collective hissing fit, and they threw out okay. uh, Michael, uh, what's his name, Michael uh, Lang, and, and, and those guys. And uh, who I have also his number, by the way. I'm supposed to call him. Because I was at... You're a little bit like Tom Powers. You're, you're like the guy who's, you know everyone, you've seen everything. You're everywhere, right? Uh, yeah, but Tom Powers makes money. Um, well, he's got, yeah. got you know, the, the probably the very nice place in Montclair. He's got like four or five festivals that he, you know, even if he's just the the pretend executive right. director. But he, I mean, I the guy's got uh, Tiff wrapped up. The whole document. I mean, he's very powerful, you know. So I, I know. Can I uh, just say I'm, friendly I... with, I'm very friendly with him at Doc NYC. Uh, yeah. Blah. blah, blah. I don't know how I missed the whole memo about trying to make money. Yeah. Sort of didn't get that memo. I know. Is it too late? <laughs> yes. Well, you, you have your child to exploit. I make it, he's making money. Yeah, and he's very, very beautiful and smart. So, you know, just don't let um, him know that you have any intention of stealing his money. Um, like the Culkin family, right? There's like 40 kids in that family. I don't know. None of them like their parents, apparently. So you got to be careful. No, I'm only doing it like until it's not good, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, it's... But so far he's been in three musicals and they were all incredible experiences. They can sing, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. That's why I started it because of the singing. Oh, so, you know, like a lot of kids can't really sing, even though they they can. Yeah, sort of no, I, I wouldn't have pursued it otherwise. They're, some kids are natural, like they can actually know what if they can avoid being flat. Like a lot of kids just sing, and, but they're flat. They can't. They don't know how to hit the notes. They don't have the vocal control. He. But there are these freaks, you know. He's one. Yeah, like I actually, you know, when I was a kid, I was could always sing, you know, but now I, even though I, I, I decent control over my voice, I can't really. I have a very narrow range where I'm really where it's me warm. too. You know, me I just, and I, I, and I'm, you know, I'm very musical, but I, I just, I know better now, you know. <laughs> no, I know because I'll listen to like I post these songs to our the camp. and then and I was also a counselor, but the camp had moved up to Vermont by then, and. Um, no photo for that at the moment, but, um, and I play, I led singing, you know, I was a, I brought a lot of songs to camp and, and now they, we're on Facebook and I post songs up there. It's fun. But I, I listen to myself afterwards and I'm like, Oh my God, that's grating as hell. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> wait, so is it still called? It feels good. Exactly. Head, but once I hear it, it's like, oh, right, right, right. No, I know exactly. Cause I have the same thing. Like, yeah. I can I can hear it, but I can't do it. It's yeah, right. I have the ear, but not the ability. Right, but people think that, you know people like it, but I think the bar is pretty low. I'm not even saying that 
in a self-deprecating yeah. way, I really do feel like I, I could probably sing off key. I don't think they would care that much because I, I yeah. provide a nostalgic experience where I'm like an oldie show. Like an old okay, wait, so is this camp something great? This camp Thoreau? Yeah, yeah, the best camp ever existed. Wait, like, because I'm, I'm in need of a camp. Well, it doesn't exist anymore, sadly. What? Yeah, they closed out. But my son went to a camp. I mean, there are a lot of wonderful camps still out there. They're just very expensive, you know. But there are camps with similar. My camp is a very, very lefty, very progressive, very, the history of it. As a matter of fact, I just found these interviews I did. This is years before I did a podcast. I apparently knew I was going to end up interviewing. I interviewed the uh, camp director and the camp, the owner founder of the camp. Uh, they were both living upstate, and I visited them on the same weekend. And I got the oral history of the camp and I, for posterity. And uh, it's on our Facebook group. I can can make that. That's available. so cool. But, what, where does he go now instead? My my kid goes to uh, had been going to. He's now too old. I don't think he's going to. And there's no camp this summer, so I think he's done as far until they reopen camps again. But he went to a camp which was associated with uh, the Waldorf schools because my son went there for a while, and it was called Camp Glenbrook, and it's located outside Keene, New Hampshire, in a town called Marlboro, uh, New Hampshire. And then I went up there last summer with his mother to pick him up, and uh, we drove up there together, and. Um, uh, it's a lovely place, and the counselors were fantastic. They were, did remind the whole place reminded me of the, my camp. I mean, they they generally do the similar things. They have like you know similar kind of structure. They ring a bell and things. They have certain similar activities, you know. But yeah. the it's the philosophy and the intimacy that was connect, created in the camp, which really helped raise me. You know, it was like a, it really informed me and made me contributed to who I am and my values. Whereas, oh you know, my, my, God. You're killing my parents me. were anti-Semites, you know? I'm Your kidding. parents were? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, they were, they were not. Um, all right, listen, Adam, what else do you need or want to know? Because I want I you to... I will follow like, up if I have any questions, but... It's, okay, I, follow I, up with questions. Okay. And, um, we'll and stay in touch. All right, I will. And, I, um, and I'll send you the audio. And if you like it, you can... We can post it at some point because there's some some good stuff in there about film and our failures. Um, your <laughs> failures, Adam. Uh, mostly mine. I, I've had nothing but success. You're an HBO documentary success. Thank you. you know? um, all right. Well, listen. So I can also put you in touch with Hampton and Louie. Oh, that would be really something. And I can provide. Like I know a lot of people that like, especially. Louie worked with and you know Eddie Gordon's done my show a lot of people have done my show that I'm okay. sure he would be very confident that it would be a positive experience okay all right so um thank you yeah if there's any should I just do it or should I like do you want to give me something to forward what do you think's best oh yeah I mean maybe I should well it's a I don't know your relationship because they're both casual and friends so I wouldn't yeah. worry say you could just say you know he's worked with you know, people, uh, both of them, like my, Michael Almereda has done my show. So Michael and Hampton are good friends. Right. And Michael's done the podcast and Michael knows me. So he can right. talk for me. Okay. And, All right. I'll uh, just, don't worry. I'll just email. It'll be fine. Yeah, I think but, so. If they want something, I can certainly, you know, if you tell them it's Film Wax Radio, they can Google it too. You know? Yeah. They're not, they're not really like that either of them. They're just kind of regular people. Gotcha. Um, okay. All right, Adam, so nice chatting. Oh, is that your son? I want to see him. Hi, how's it going? I'm good. This is hard, isn't it? Yeah. 
bummer, man. It's a bummer. Your son. Sorry. Was uh. Anyway, I'll tell him later. Okay. Right, Nina, have a good evening. All right. Okay. Okay. You too. Nice. Bye. Talk. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Thank you very much. I uh, hope you're hanging in there. And we'll be back in uh, the beginning of next week with a, another special episode of the podcast. We're putting up some special episodes to catch up a little bit uh, and to keep you informed and entertained. That's my job. That's the job of Film Wax Radio, as you know. I hope you're okay. Take care of yourselves and the ones you love. Be kind to yourself and the ones you love. We'll be back soon. Uh, in the meantime... Please write us a review and a st- give us a star rating on, on Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes. We're also on Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play. Very easy to find, Film Wax Radio. You can also engage with us. We're on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter. You name it. Very easy. Thank you very much. Till next time. Broken threads, broken springs, broken idols.